Welcome in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio is the place. I, guy Sean back there. Uh, <laughs> sometimes intentionally funny, sometimes unintentionally funny. Very Alex, much White so. is, Alex White is here as well. We actually did more shows than usual together this week, which is which is a good thing. Matt Nevert's here tomorrow. Just throwing that out there. Nevert and you the next two days. Uh, tomorrow, you have been uh, free- freezing your behind off at the ballpark the last uh, day. It's only going to get worse for you today, Alex. I hear. I hear it's going to be very windy. But you know what? I got smart for the second game yesterday, layered up. It wasn't too bad. So I'm hoping it's not going to be too bad today. Well, it's, it's you and uh, it, Frank on a Pittsburgh game later today. Yes, it is. See? And yesterday, Pittsburgh played Oklahoma. Final score, 19-9. We had the mercy rule after the seventh inning. So... And Pittsburgh won that. So he'll be very happy if uh, we have another game like that today over and Pittsburgh wins. Well, college base, well, especially with the wind. Yes, that ballpark, and that ballpark. That ballpark's a launching pad to begin with. Again, we're, we're, not, we're not here for college baseball. <laughs> but if you can find totals on, on the two games in Vegas today, as long, well, the wind, I believe, is supposed to be blowing out. It was today. yesterday. So, yeah. so I think it's a pretty similar wind pattern today. Up to 60-mile-an-hour gusts, there could be some cheapy-cheapies today uh, up there at the ballpark if you're betting that. That's, uh, what is it, Pidden Cal in Ohio State and uh, Oklahoma, the two matchups today? Yes, it is. So there you go. Look at that. I'm making it up as I go. and somehow got it right. All right, let's get into it. College Hoops, the final regular season Saturday for a few smaller conferences. Uh, this is the next-to-last one for the bigger, bigger guys. Uh, let's start in Providence, though. Big East, Villanova. Taking on the Friars. Entering today, Joe Lenardi has these two teams squarely on the bubble. As Villanova, as Team 69, that's the, one, the final one to miss. And he has Providence at 68, the last one in. So it's safe to say the winner of this game will be in Joe Lenardi's next bracket. And quite frankly, I think Providence is a little safer, safer, safer in than, than made out to be here. I think they should be ahead of Virginia. I think they should be ahead of New Mexico at this point. I do too. And for Villanova, I'm surprised they've managed to stay on the bubble. I still don't think they're that good, even though they have a bunch of talent. They just haven't meshed other than that one cup, that one tournament earlier in the year. I don't have a play here. It's Friars two and a half, Alex. I like Villanova in this one. I took the two and a half. I also sprinkled a little bit on the money line. You set me up perfectly though, Jeff. I mean, it's a very important game for both these teams for the bubble. Also for the Big East because the top five seeds all get a bye going into the conference tournament. These two are about five and six right now. Nova's been playing better. Five and one against the spread in their last five and very good defensively. The first game they played, so there is a little bit of revenge for Providence. Nova won 68-50 at home, covered easily, that four-and-a-half point favorite. But the big thing that stood out to me is Providence went 15 of 51, 29% from the field. So I think it's just a really bad matchup here for the Friars, and uh, Nova will be ready for this one. So I like the points a lot and uh, even a little on the money line to win this outright. I think I would just, if you like Villanova, I think I would just take the dart at the plus 125. Uh, I don't have... Like I said, I have nothing on this game. I just think you're in a scenario here where these teams are pretty even. Yep. There's home court for Providence. Based off this, Villanova probably actually the better team in most power ratings based off this number at two and a half. Uh, but it is a huge game in the Big East. The winner, again, I think the winner of this one, based off a lot of bracketology, I think a Providence wins. I think they 
they still may get sent to Dayton, but they're closer to being out of Dayton and into the regular field as opposed to being on the wrong side of it. Villanova, I think, really does need to win this game to keep their chances rolling up in Big East play and NCAA tournament hopes. All right. Immediately, boy, why, why is this game like in a single window? <laughs> DePaul taking on Butler at the top of the hour. DePaul, as we've talked about, very bad at this basketball thing this year. Butler, I, they for a time was in pretty, they were pretty good shape bracketology wise, and then it just totally fallen apart there in Indianapolis. I think they were a little overrated to begin with anyway by some people anyway. I thought they were a non tournament team. They were 16 and 8, they've lost five straight. They get to Paul today. You better end your losing streak today. Is thirteen point road favorites. There's twelve and a half in the market as well in this one in Chicago. Complete stay away for me. DePaul still hasn't won a conference game. And as you mentioned, Butler just on this bad streak, 0-5 straight up and against the spread in their last five. So while I do think they will win, I am not comfortable laying thirteen and a half. And it's a no play. No play whatsoever for me on that one. All right, let's go to Florida Atlantic. How about a rare Saturday game for FAU taking on Tulane? Uh, one of our one of our favorite teams to at least bring up, even though they're not any good. Alex, we know the deal. Florida Atlantic has struggled covering games in conference play this year. There's 16 against the Wave today at home in Boca. 162.5 on the total, Alex. Are we looking at the over here? No, not this one. I think that number's just right. I mean, I made it a little bit higher, 164, but nothing for me in this one either. FAU did win the first one on the road, 85-84, so Tulane can keep it close, but I don't, I'm not that confident even grabbing the points here. I Even with the revenge factored in, I think that number is correct at 16. FAU's played themselves into a scenario where they, they have to have to win these games down the stretch to avoid a calamity at this point where we've talked about them all year. I, I, the way we've talked about in conference play, we would have acted like, Oh, they're, they're like nine and nine and six in conference play. Oh no, they're, they're 11 and four. Right. They just have not been impressive doing it. And in a conference like this where, yeah, look, their losses are all on the road. Charlotte is a pretty reasonable team. We'll talk about them later because they play the red hot bulls of central of South Florida later today. On the road to UAB in overtime, a game they probably should have won. Uh, South Florida in the middle of this epic win streak for the Bulls. And at Memphis. So I basically mentioned four of the five other good teams in this league with them uh, that they've lost to it uh, in conference play. They should be able to handle their business today. I don't want to lay 16. But over 162 and a half is not bad. I didn't get there. But it's one of those that I think is all right on that one if you want to go in that angle. Florida State, Georgia Tech, real quick. Florida State, three-point favorites in Atlanta. There's some three-and-a-half in the market. There's some two-and-a-half in the market on this game, Alex. Nothing for me in this one. It is uh, just important to bring up in the ACC. Five to nine, get a bye in the ACC tournament. So Florida State is playing for that nine seed. Every one of their games is very important, next up they have Pittsburgh and then Miami. So they could um, win these last few here, but... Florida State won the first one, 82-71 at home. Georgia Tech, a little bit revenge. They um, have covered, though, in just five of 14 home games. So I didn't do anything here. Made the game two and a half, Florida State being the favorite. So um, pass for me. Nothing for me in this pretty mediocre basketball game in the ACC. All right, I do have something on this game. Florida and South Carolina both of these teams are going to the NCAA tournament. 
South Carolina has been one of the better stories in college hoops this year. Not anything expected out of them. And here they are, pretty much a six seed across the board in most bracketologies. Uh, probably between, to me, about the 20, between the 25th and the 35th best team. If you have them anywhere in that pocket, I think you're fine. Same deal goes for Florida. Yeah, we have the, the AP poll rankings. I don't think either of these teams are definite top 25 teams. But the fact that they're ranked, I can't really quibble with it from the voters' perspective. It's two behind us. There's two and a half in the market as well. I went to the total here. I took a rogue 143 and a half over. It was 145 earlier uh, in the overnights. Has been bet down. I, we talk about pace all the time. I understand South Carolina plays slow and they want to play slow and the game is in their building in Columbia, South Carolina. But Florida, in the end, look how fast they play. They play 71 possessions a game. That's good for 30th in the country. If we find a middle ground here in this game where it's not quite South Carolina slow and not quite Florida slow, I still think we're in pretty good shape to go over a 143.5. If you even want to take the 144.5, I thought this was good at 145 over. So I still think that's okay, even though it's not the best of it. Nothing for me total wise. Well, side either. I do. I was leaning towards South Carolina a little bit here, but I find it really interesting, Jeff. In the SEC now, there's three teams that are all 10 and 5 right now, and that's Florida, Auburn, and Kentucky, all kind of fighting for that spot um, to get a double bye, one through four. So I think it is an important game here for Florida. But I leaned South Carolina, made them about a three-point favorite. So nothing for me in that one. And the total, I I understand where you're coming from, especially trend-wise and how fast Florida plays. I mean, 15.9 seconds average possession time on offense and trending 17 and 11 to the over this season. So I don't mind it either, but I made that total just about where it is. Let's go to Kansas and Baylor. Looks like Kevin McCullough is going to be trending towards not playing again today for KU, and the number has spiked because of it. As low as four on the overnights, up to five and a half across the board on this game. 144 and a half. This is a gigantic game for Big 12 tournament seeding. Kansas could fall as low as seven in the Big 12 when this crazy. is all said and done. It just you, you never see that. Obviously, Kansas, Kansas under self has never finished worse than third in the Big 12 for Big 12 tournament seeding-wise. And here they are. If they lose, they will be at least fourth entering the weekend and it'll be uh, or entering next week i should say and texas tech and byu both have the tiebreaker on the jayhawks this year five and a half 144 and a half i can't do anything here gotten too steep for me to lay baylor and i don't want to take kansas on the other side with mcculler looking like he's not going to play yet again you like this at a lower number are we too steep now on the bears though I don't think so. I think you're still okay on that number. And I just want to correct myself really quick going back to that last game. Florida, okay. Auburn, Kentucky, they are playing just for one bye, right? They're playing for that. Um, well, they, they, they do have. Four to, they're all four to six right now. So. Right. So so uh, four, the, the, the top four in the SEC yeah, we, don't have to play till Friday. Yes. The other. To the five, the, uh, it's the bottom four play Wednesday. Then. Everyone up to the five seed will play on Thursday, and then the top four get a bye to Friday. Yes. Okay. So they are all three competing for the last four seed yeah, in there. For the double bye. Yep. Okay. So back to Kansas Baylor. Yes, I like Baylor in this one, especially when you add in the revenge. Kansas won 64 61 
at home. And I honestly, I took the four because I thought that was a no McCuller number. He hasn't been playing as of late. We talk about the depth of Kansas. Looking at CBB analytics, Kansas has the lowest B12 bench points and all I mean lowest big 12 bench points so it really is showing up especially as of late so Baylor is um playing really good fourth about top five uh offensive team in the nation I think that they take care of it here and uh, I think you can play this up till about six for Baylor again we've talked about a talent they've dealt with injuries all year talent's as good as anyone in the country they've been hey look this league has been great all the way through uh, and they're going to get the most bids of any league. It's just a matter of how deep are we going to get. Can Kansas State find their way in the back door and get this to a 10-bid league? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Oklahoma as the cutoff with the top nine getting in. I don't even love that Oklahoma team that much. I think they're fine. Uh, Texas, with that win earlier in the week, I think put themselves safely in the dance when it's all said and done. All right, let's go to Illinois and Wisconsin in the Big Ten. This is also a 10 a.m. Pacific start. This is one that's a little bit surprising to me based off the way that the market has treated this game. Wisconsin, open two and a half, now three. Illinois plus 135 on a take back on the money line. Now I get the home court. It's a significant one at the Kohl Center in Madison. But if you're looking at current form, if this game was played six weeks ago, it would be like, all right, well, the number's probably right. Agreed. The way Wisconsin is played now, they're coming off another ridiculous loss earlier in the week in Bloomington against IU. Since starting 8-1 and one in conference, they are 2-5 and five overall outright. Forget the number. The only game they covered against the number is Ohio State in that mix. And they covered... Uh, no, they didn't cover against Purdue. They were only three in that game, and they lost by six. I don't know. I, I don't quite... Under, I, I Again, I, under, I understand why some sharp side like Wisconsin here, bounce back spot at home. Illinois' defense is bad and could be a, a team that Wisconsin could take advantage of in that regard. But I, I just think Illinois is the better basketball team here. I, I Take three, no problem with that whatsoever, Alex. I completely agree. I did take the three. I might even go back and take a little bit on the money line. You just mentioned it. Wisconsin have they failed to cover in their last eight games. That's eight straight games of not covering the spread. So just current form, Illinois is the better team, and offensively, they've been very good. They have covered in eight of eleven road games. So just three of those they didn't cover, and they average eighty six points a game in those. So I like the um, I like Illinois a lot in this one against the. Badgers who have been struggling. Been a been a rough go of it for Wisconsin. I wonder what the, what their NCAA tournament profile ends up being when it's all said and done. Especially where Wisconsin, after this, they play Purdue in West Lafayette to end the Big Ten regular season next week, and they're going to lose that game in all likelihood. They get a home game against Rutgers, a game they should handle. Where Rutgers' offense has just been an abomination the last three weeks in Big Ten play. All right, moving along. <clears throat> Let's go to Arkansas and Kentucky. You're in Arkansas. Again, we've talked about them. It's been a rough go of it to say politely for Eric Musselman and company. Uh, Arkansas just got beat at home by Vanderbilt earlier in the week. Yes, they did. And now they go on the road to a Kentucky team that has found itself yet again. Of course, they had that weird loss against LSU mixed in after losing to Gonzaga, but they've won four out of their last five after that loss to Gonzaga with only that LSU loss mixed in. First meeting between these teams, there's somehow only 120 points. 
and 63-57 in a game in Fayetteville that Kentucky won and miraculous cover if you had Arkansas in that game getting six and a half or seven and a half. It's 13, 165. Yeah, 165 on the total for that one, Alex. Going down too, which surprises me. I guess because of that first game, people are looking at that, but I don't mind the over here at all. The Razorbacks are four and one to the over in their last five. And Kentucky, they've been a great over team, especially at home, 13 and three to the over at home. Jeff, I have to tell you, I think my Arkansas number is finally correct because I made this game 14 with Kentucky, so it's not even attempt to take Arkansas, which we talked about it when they were playing Vandy. I said my numbers still say to take Arkansas, so I did the adjustment, and we're finally, I think, at a good spot here. But if anything, I would definitely play the over in this one. It's the only way I would look at it. I'm not going to take. I'm not going to lay 13 with the Cats, and I'm definitely not taking 13 on the road with the Hogs. In this one at Rupp Arena, 10.30 Pacific, 1.30 local time in Lexington. All right, Hofstra and and, uh, and College of Charleston, we go to the CAA. The Cougars have clinched the outright CAA championship with their win earlier in the week uh, against the Campbell Camels on Thursday. Quick turnaround for both of these teams. Both of these teams playing three games this week. Both of these teams played Thursday. Here they are again playing Saturday. They are used to this type of turnaround in that conference. We both like the total in this game. Both on the total over 152 on the overnights now at 151 and a half, which makes it even better for us playing that better number. Again, the big question mark in this game is going to come down to Charleston's pace. Right. That's really the only holdup in this game. Um, If they play this continued fast style that we've seen, unlike that game against Towson, we're going to be fine here. The better team, Hofstra likes to slow it down, but Hofstra is willing willing to run uh, first matchup between these uh, teams is actually today. They haven't played yet this year, which is surprising. Are you uh, sure? Uh, I'm not. See- I'm not seeing. Oh, there it is. Yes, there it is. It's all the way back on January the fourth. See, I got to start making my notes where it's calendar year, not uh, not month by month. Seventy three sixty one. So it did go under. But if we get another seventy possession game, I would look for that. So a little bit of home revenge here for Hofstra, as you mentioned, Charleston won that first one. But the over, I do feel, is the best play in this game. And you said it perfectly. Charleston likes to play really quick. Um, 16 seconds average possession time offensively. That's 35th in the country. And I think that the Hofstra is going to have to run with them if they want to try and keep up in this one. So I do like the over. It's one of my uh, favorite overs of the day. You want to go Western Carolina, Chattanooga, even though I didn't give this to Sean on the overnight? Four with the mocks at home against the, the uh, Catamounts. We were good on Western Carolina on Thursday. And coming back, covering that game pretty easily in a win against Furman earlier in the week. Up to four. I actually like the Catamounts. I liked it at three. I even like it at four, getting those points with WCU and that one uh 11 a.m. here in Las Vegas. I agree with you based off the number, but I was looking a little bit deeper and Chattanooga is playing for the two seed motivation here. So I decided to stay away from this one, but Chattanooga did win that first matchup, 91-85, pretty high scoring game there. But so the revenge for Western Carolina kept me off. of it. Chattanooga in a tie with East Tennessee State entering today. That's the final day of the regular season in the SoCon Already wrapped up. Samford, one seed. They yes. are in. Already is the one in that conference tournament in Asheville. Uh, win for Western Carolina. Western Carolina's pretty much locked in to play Furman again in a 4-5. Yes. Uh, so there is a little bit of a lack of motivation. But 
Look, uh, you want to be going in playing well if you're the Catamounts. Uh, that's a one-bit league for sure. Probably Sanford wins it, probably a 12 seed, 13 seed. If someone else wins it, probably down to a 14 seed uh, or 15 if it's not Sanford in that one. All right, Oklahoma State in Texas. Texas, how about 10 in Austin for this one? 145, Texas just annihilated Texas Tech earlier in the week. I, do we really want to be laying double digits with the horns in conference play? That's what it all comes down to here. No, and that my number does say lean towards Texas here. I made them about 12 in this one, but Oklahoma State, they have revenge from last year. I don't know how much you use that, but I don't. Texas did win in the tournament to knock Oklahoma State out. So if they're going to be ready for a game, it should be this one. Doesn't put me on Oklahoma State Cowboys, but it definitely just makes me pass this game. Arizona hosting Oregon here up to 14, 158 and a half. You know my thoughts on Arizona. Don't trust them. Don't trust them one bit. Looks uh, like they um, are projected not to have that once. Right one now, right now they're looking at the top two seed, which yep. in all honesty, they're going to get shipped out west regardless. I don't think that makes much of a difference if they're the number one. It changes other things in the bracket if they get the two, but for them, they're going to go to. They're going to be in the west region regardless if it's the one or a two seed. So playing in a better locale, regardless, um, may even end up with an easier game as a two seed as opposed to a one sometimes in that second round. I don't know what to do with this game. Again, my thoughts on the Ducks are what they're pretty pedestrian. They have been all year. They need to win the, the Pac-12 tournament here in Las Vegas in order to make the NCAAs this year. Very pedestrian and not very good on the defensive side. So I went ahead and took this over, over 157. I still like it here at 158 and a half. I wouldn't play it any higher than that, though. That is the cutoff point. But Arizona averaged 92.7 points a game at home. Very up-tempo, like we've talked about. Six quickest in that average possession time, 14.9 seconds. And then I talked about Oregon's defense. They can't really slow anybody down. So... On the flip side, Oregon, you don't know much, what to do with them. They are pretty good at uh, shooting three-pointers. They are the fourth best three-point percentage in the Pac-12, and they have the third most bench points. So I'm expecting a high-scoring game in this one. Going back to the CAA real quick, UNC Wilmington takes on Towson. This number has been all Towson in the overnights from 5.5 to 3.5. Eh, maybe I'm the square. I like the Seahawks at the 5.5, so I definitely like it at the 3.5 now. Uh, again, they are dealing with some injuries. They are not playing well. They've lost three of their last four, and two of those losses are to teams that they should not be losing to. That ridiculous home loss to Elon. They lost in the double overtime game on Monday to Campbell. They lost at home to Hofstra. Okay, Hofstra's an acceptable opponent, as we've talked about. But I, I think this is a little too aggressive here. I still like the Seahawks to handle their business, win the final game of the regular season in the CAA. You're looking at seeding in that tournament. The win These two teams currently tied for fourth and fifth. Tiebreakers all over the place. Yep. Uh, Hofstra, again, an underdog against Charleston today. If Hofstra loses that game, then we could have very easily a three-way tie and then the, let the tiebreakers fall where they may. Drexel, by the way, is a favorite against Northeastern. They're expected to win. They should end up on that 2-3 line regardless. So on the bottom side of the bracket, away from Charleston, regardless of what happens. 
Jeff, I'm with you. I made a NC Wilmington a six-point favorite here, so I didn't have a play at five and a half, but now with the market moving that way, it definitely leans me to the home team here. You already brought up that they're both 11-6 and six in conference and tied there. Um, Towson did win the first game, 67-64 at home. Very close game. little revenge for the home team. And um, Wilmington, best offense on the floor, scoring an average... Um, 76 points. So I I also like the under in this one, especially because of the tempo, especially Towson plays very slow. So if you're looking at the total in this one, instead I, I like under 131 and a half. To the Big East, premium matchup in middle America today. Marquette goes to Creighton. Creighton, of course, with a win against Seton Hall, blowout fashion in the middle of the week, bouncing back after losing to St. John's. Earlier in the year, these teams met in Milwaukee. Marquette won by five. Uh, that was still when Creighton was not this version of Creighton. Uh, this one, this one is interesting in the way that the way that the line has been moving all over the place. Over the early numbers, four and a half, up to seven, all the way to seven. Very aggressive here, betting Marquette. Or excuse me, betting Creighton, betting against Marquette. I like Creighton on the earlier numbers. I can't do it now at seven. Uh, this is a complete stay off at this number now, Alex. Yeah, I, it is very aggressive. I'm a little shocked by um, that big move here. But I really like the over in this one. I went over 152.5. I still like it here. It's probably uh, the point there, 153.5. But Marquette... 70, 72nd quickest in the country. Very good transition basketball. But, I mean, Mark, yes, Marquette, very good transition basketball. But we know Creighton can run up the ball. They're shooting 52%, averaging 86.5 points. They're 10-5 and five to the over at home here. And then Marquette has shot over 50% in nine of their last 12 games and 48% in two of those three that I didn't mention. So both shooting very well here. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game between these two. So right now, the reason for the move is Tyler Kolek, who has the oblique injury. We still don't know officially if he is out, there was one report early that has not been confirmed on that, but the market seems to be taking that as gospel there we go. on this. So there's your aggressive move. I don't know. I, even if Kolek's out, I, as good as he is, I think that's still a little aggressive. Uh, I, I think Kolek's a little bit overrated, but that's a different discussion for, for a different day. All right. Uh, Penn State, Minnesota. Gophers obviously have been awesome against the number. Six and a half behind us. There's some six out there as well. 151 the total on this one. Again, neither of these teams going to the NCAA tournament, but Minnesota has been one of the more improved teams from a year ago, going in the right direction under Ben Johnson. Uh if they uh they go two they go if they go two and one, they'll go five hundred in Big Ten play, which not expected out of them. And I'm going against the best ATS team oh, doing right it. now going in the Penn country. State. Yes, they are 24 and four against the spread. But in their last 15 games, they were only the favorite four times. So now it's a different ball game here. I think six and a half is a little aggressive with Minnesota at home here. They won um, the first game, 83-74. So I added a little revenge there for Penn State as well. But yeah, I'm I'm going with the Nittany Lions here. One more before we hit a break. LSU and Vanderbilt. Yes, the most attractive game on the board in the SEC today. 
Bayou Bengals three on the road in Nashville, 144 to total. Now, the only question on this one from a betting perspective would be, do we? Do you want to take a shot at this total over, which you can still get 143 was the opener? Uh, that would be the only potential angle here. I think the other numbers are probably right. Yeah, I don't have anything in this one. I agree with you. I think the number is right. LSE won at home, 77-69. A little bit of revenge. I don't know if uh, Vanderbilt can take advantage of that, though. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we go to the Mountain West. Colorado State may be playing themselves into a bubble scenario. They'll get a chance of revenge against Wyoming today and also a tricky spot for the Cyclones in Orlando today in the Big 12. That's next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. The perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yes. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at the clock. I go, ah! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. In about a half hour from now, Sam Panianovich of Nesson will be joining us. Always love catching up with Sammy P. Check in what, he's, what he thinks on his Kentucky tickets right now, yeah. which gotten quite the boost over the last two weeks. Uh, looking the part of it a little bit. They're in action, as we talked about earlier. Uh, they're in action against Arkansas later today. All right. To the Mountain West. Fort Collins. Colorado State coming off of, again, this has been a, not a good stretch for the Rams. They are not in the top six in the Mountain West. They had the three straight losses now, including that buzzer-beating loss to Nevada with no Blackshear earlier in the week. Now, at least for them, in theory, they should handle their business their last two games. They have Wyoming and Air Force. Now, I know Air Force has picked off New Mexico and <laughs> and UNLV on the road. Granted, that game's in uh, in Colorado Springs when they play Air Force, and Air Force hasn't won a home conference game yet. 
They're six. Uh, Rams are 15 and a half against Wyoming. Last meeting with these two in Laramie, Colorado State blew a big lead at the end of regulation and went on to lose in overtime. If you're the Rams, you've got to handle your business here because if you lose one of these last two and then go out in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West tournament, you're going to have a very uncomfortable 48, 72 hours before the bracket's revealed. Very uncomfortable and, and disappointing, right? It's all changed here in this last month or so. But Wyoming's good at doing that, especially at home coming back and uh, forcing overtime with these Mountain West teams, but I really, I like the over here, Jeff. It's moved up now, so I wouldn't play it at 146, but might be a spot for a little in-game because a lot of these Mountain West teams do start slower. Colorado State's very good defensively, transition defense, holding teams 18.9 seconds. So I think if we have um, a slower start and you get under a 140, you can jump in here. But Wyoming's really struggled as of late. I think they've kind of given up and stopped playing defense. They're 4-1 and one to the over, and they've allowed 80.5 points a game on average in those five games. So I would only look at the total here and, and wait for a better number. Let's go to Orlando. Central Florida welcomes Iowa State. I think this is a bad spot for the Cyclones. Now, the question mark with Central Florida is will their offense be able to score in this game? You're dealing with two really good defenses. People do not realize how good Central Florida has been on defense this year. They're 12th in the country. Yep. Iowa State, we've talked about it. They're I think they're the best defense in the country, I know, or second-best defense in the country. Houston's the only one that's better to me. I know the metrics somewhat say that as well. But if the two best defenses in the country in the Big 12 and Central Florida gets lost in the equation, that's why his total is 134, I wouldn't be shocked if Central Florida pulls his upside outright here today. I think it's a tricky spot for the Clones. Uh, coming off back-to-back -back home wins, neither of them overly impressive against West Virginia or Oklahoma. Get BYU next week in Ames, a game that Iowa State will be favored in to win. Uh, I, I just think it's a bad spot. Huh? I'll take the points with Central Florida. Wouldn't be shocked if they pull this thing out right. Central Florida has a very tough schedule. You just mentioned Iowa State, but they have Iowa State, then Houston, then at TCU. So you're right. I mean, every win is very important for them here on out. I You already talked about both these defenses and how good they are. I would play this game under that total, and Iowa State's done very well. Um, 15 and 13 to the under this year, I guess more so at home, but it's going to be a defensive battle here, and they're going to flex. They are the better defense of the two. An interesting day in the Big 12 for certain. All right, let's go to the American. The darlings of America so far. South Florida taking on Charlotte. I'm a little aggravated with myself that I didn't take this on the overnight. I hope you didn't. Charlotte was three on the overnight, up to four and a half, and I think everyone is in the same boat as me except for you. Of the, <laughs> this, is, this is the perfect fade spot. Of a South Florida team that is just playing above their heads. And they have for the entire conference slate. What says South Florida has won 13 straight games in a conference that is not a total pushover and is still only 94th in Ken Palm. They're barely top 100 right. in Torvik. Kind of tells you what you need to know. I think they're a solid team. I would love for, to see them win the American Athletic Conference Tournament, so they have to go to the big dance. But this is a team that is outperforming their metrics and this feels like a pretty good spot for, for Charlotte to win this game. Now at four and a half, don't love it as much. 
At three, I thought was pretty darn good, Alex. Well, I hope I'm not wrong here, probably with the public and the squares. But I do like South Florida. And for all the reasons you just mentioned and staying away from them, I still think they are proving themselves. They, I mean, they're 21-5, and 14-1 in conference. And they've covered in 17 of their 24 games. I really like this team. I still think... Uh, they're way ahead of Charlotte here, so getting four and a half on the road, um, I'll take it, and we'll see what happens. Mississippi State and Auburn up next. How about this one getting bloated into double figures now at ten and a half? Auburn laying it was nine on the overnight. Now again, easy move on Auburn here. Total hasn't moved at one forty six. I, I don't know, Alex. I, I don't, I don't love this Mississippi State team. I think they're solid. I think they're a pretty clear 8-9 seed in the NCAA tournament. Nothing more than that. Maybe we'll give a one seed a little bit of a hard time if they win that first round of 64 game. Auburn is still, I, I don't, if you're looking at those four teams in the SEC, I think there's four teams you can look at and say, all right, they're capable of making deep, deep runs. Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. Yep. We've talked about Alabama a ton. We'll get to them against Tennessee later in the show because that's the premier matchup in primetime tonight. Kentucky, when they're right, I think is the best team of these of this bunch. They just haven't been right consistently. Auburn's coming off a loss to Tennessee. We're still waiting on if Jalen Williams is going to be able to go this afternoon. Based off that market play, the market thinks he's going to be ready to go in this game. So that's the reason for the move. I don't know if I'm comfortable laying 10 and a half, though, in this one where Mississippi State is capable of hanging in this game and keeping this within single digits. I thought the number was right at nine, so I do think this is a little aggressive. Auburn does have some revenge. Mississippi did win that first matchup, 64-58. So you could add that in there and kind of get to this 10 and a half. But, yeah, no play for me because you're right. I do think Mississippi has a chance to hang around in this one. But you also talked about Auburn coming off that tough Tennessee loss, so I I think it's a good bounce back spot for them here at home. So no play for me in this and should be a good game. Mississippi State again, safely NCAA tournament wise. Auburn, we know top four seed for sure. Uh, more likely than not. All right. Battle. One of those triangle games in North Carolina, UNC taking on NC State. Uh, it, the uh, heels are 10 and a half right now. Uh, there's 10 in the market. One four, 154 behind us. Low is 153 and a half, as high as 154 and a half. Uh, North Carolina Monday, I mean, that was that was almost a disaster, blowing a big lead against Miami, but holding on and winning by four. I, NC State, I don't think I bet an NC State game this year. <laughs> it's just one of those teams that has kind of just fallen into the, the middle of the country and been like, eh, most of these numbers are right with right. them. I think this number's fine. I, if anything, I would only lay it with North Carolina, but I'm going to stay out of this one. See, and if anything, I would I would play the over in this okay. one. Um, both teams play relatively quick, especially North Carolina, 15.7 average possession time offensively. And um, CB Analytics has NC State leading the ACC in fast break points, so they're going to want to run with uh, the Tar Heels here. Their last five games, NC State 5-0 and to the over, averaging 81, shooting 47% from the field. Um, but their defense, they've also allowed 81 points to their opponents, um, and all five opponents average shooting percentage 50%. So I think we're going to see a high-scoring one here. I like this over 154. Let's go to Evanston next. Northwestern taking on Iowa. Markets all over Iowa in this game from four to two and a half. So 
again, we know with Northwestern, Ty Berry's season is over. We, we've known this for a while now. Uh, now Langborn, uh, Ryan Langborn may not play tonight either. Didn't play against Maryland. Didn't matter. They won that game. I, I, I don't really care. Boo Boo, he's playing. I'm, I'm still on Northwestern. I don't trust Iowa going on the road and, and covering a short number like this. At four, all right, maybe I can get why people were betting betting Iowa. Now that we're one possession, I just don't see it. I don't think this Hawkeye team can defend. That's what it comes down to. I don't think their defense will be able to slow Northwestern's offense. Boy, what a statement I just uttered there. But I think that's where we're at on this. And if Northwestern's defense can hold up enough in this game, I think the Cats find a way, win this game at home, cover that short number. And continue their march right into the NCAA tournament. I really don't understand the move here either, Jeff. I'm with you. I would only look at Northwestern here and Iowa's defense out of the top 100, about 130 in the country. Northwestern trying to stay in the top four in the Big Ten. Um, four and one ATS in their last five because of their defense, holding teams to 60, 64 points. So I think you're on the right side. Um, I like Northwestern in this one. Keeping it rolling here. Going to Wake Forest and Vatek real quick. Wake, of course, after the upset of Duke, they flipped around and got beat by Notre Dame. Uh, right back to where they were, squarely on the bubble. Now they go to Blacksburg. They're a, sm a short underdog in this game, Alex. I'd actually looked at a total here if I'm going to bet anything. I would look to bet this game over at 149.5. I think the offenses are good enough in this game to get this game over, play this game in the mid-70s. That would be the only way I would look to play this. I don't, I don't really like anything on the side. I don't think Wake's any good, and I really don't like Vatek, as I've mentioned on this show. I know. You're not a big fan of Wake Forest, but I do think it's a good bounce-back spot for them coming off that loss to Notre Dame. They did win the first one, and they won by uh, 23, 86-63 against Virginia Tech at home the first time. So I think that they can uh, keep this close or even find a way to win it. Let's go to Morgantown next. West Virginia getting all the action in this game. From three and a half to two now on this one with West Virginia again, the, the team that to me is the weakest pretty clearly in the Big 12, but they've been better at home. Rough road trip for Texas Tech. West Virginia also hasn't played since Monday as well. That ridiculous overtime game where they're down 25 and forced it against K-State. K-State ended up holding and winning that game. Texas Tech has not looked particularly good their last few times out. They have the one-point win against TCU mixed in there. But other than that, lost by eight to Iowa State. Nothing wrong with that. And then two non-competitive blowouts. They lost by 14 to Central Florida. They only ended up losing that game by 12 to Texas. That was not a 12-point game. That no. was closer to being a 25-point game. Uh, game got a little bit closer after the Brock Cunningham nonsense in the middle of that one. But down to two, I... I I still like West Virginia, even at do this point. I do, yeah. I think they're going to. I was looking to play them on the money line anyway, so I still think it's fine. I'm a little bit aggravated. I didn't get that best of the price, though. I don't. I don't really see it. I mean, West Virginia four and eleven in conference don't have much to play for. Uh, Texas Tech, on the other hand, they are playing for that staying in that top ten. They're seventh right now in the conference ranking wise. And I just think they're by far the better team. West Virginia, about 173rd offensively, 107th defensively. And then you got a Texas Tech team coming in that's a top 15 offense. So, I mean, 
I know it's on the road. It's a tough place to play. That might be part of the reason that leads you there. But yeah, I like tech in this one. I'm not going to do anything, though. Battle of the City of Richmond. VCU takes on Richmond Spiders in this one in the uh, 8-10 game that is pretty important for seeding. Loyola beat Dayton last night. So Dayton had a chance to move back into at least an opportunity to possibly hop Richmond with some help. That's not going to happen anymore. Dayton, who's the only team that's safe of going to the NCAA tournament right now in that league, probably going to end up with the three in that A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. VCU right now a half game behind Dayton. Richmond a half game ahead of Loyola for the top seed in the league. The first matchup between this team, remember, we we were on VCU that day. Thought it was a great spot to go against Richmond. Rams covered that game pretty easily. Now yes, it's the opposite end of things. Now Richmond back at home. They are playing well. They've won four, four of their last five, four in a row, five of their last six since that VCU loss, only losing to UMass. I think this is a good spot for Richmond back at home. Revenge spot also it, it put in there and an opportunity to really put the hammer down and put yourselves in a great position to get the one seed with two very winnable games against St. Joe's and George Mason to end their season. I like the Spiders. Short of, short of four, in laid with Richmond here, Alex. I agree with you completely, especially that revenge spot against VCU. Um, VCU won pretty good, 63-52. So they'll be ready here at home. And like you said, very important game for the standings in that uh, Atlantic 10 conference the a10 i know there will be some a10 people that are like oh there should be a multi-bid league even if dayton wins the conference tournament i don't i don't think there's a chance at that uh i think if you richmond would have the best case the problem that richmond has is they didn't the best win out of conference was unlv not good enough they, they had chances they had florida they had colorado mixed in there in a road game of boston college you needed to get one of those yeah. A neutral against UNLV doesn't move it enough to get them an out-large. But they very easily could win in Brooklyn, and now would be the way. Anyone but Dayton wins in Brooklyn, it's going to be a two-bit league for sure because Dayton is going to go uh, and uh, and make uh, the NCAA tournament regardless of what happens. All right, uh, Texas A&M and Georgia talk about bubble team. <laughs> A&M squarely on the bubble on the road in this one. Big home road splits for the Aggies this year. Short favorite on the road in Athens here, one and a half against Georgia. Nothing for me here. I think that number is right. I did make uh, Texas A&M a small favorite here on the road. I just think they're the better overall team, and numbers even say that. Georgia, they are trying to pass A&M here for the 10 seed. They're about ranked 11th right now out of 14, so it should be a good game between these two, but I don't have... Um, any value taking the points or laying it here with either side. Yeah, I don't love this game. I don't like either of these teams particularly. Georgia was a good bet on early in conference, not anymore. And A and M, I I don't see it with A and M. I I don't I don't see why they were on the bubble in in that good shape entering even a few weeks ago. Now they have to win out and probably win a game in in Nashville at least at two games over five hundred after this tailspin that has pushed them under the wrong side of the bubble for certain and only two games over 500. All right. Let's look at Pitt and Boston College. Not the uh the greatest of matchups. <laughs> but I I we talked about we talked about Pitt er, uh, earlier in the week. You had to get the right number to get there. Yes, you did. Even though uh that was a, I will say if a pretty ridiculous one that it landed 7 because Pitt was covering that number the whole game. You know, had the looks of, oh, they're going to cover the whole game and lose by eight. Right. Thankfully, Clemson missed the free throw at the end to have it land seven. If he had the seven and a half, so you were good. 
Now to go on the road to BC. I, Boston College earlier this week losing to Virginia in a game that somehow had 140 points in it, uh, which is impressive for a UVA game, as we know. I like Pitt. If you can get a minus 115 on the money line, I would just lay it on the road. They're the better team. Not much of a home court there at uh, the Conte Forum. Uh, I, I would take Pitt here, lay that short money line price on the road. Kind of a desperation spot for the Panthers. I think they're still on the bubble, right? Yeah, I think they... I. I think you're at the point now where they need if they if they don't win the ACC tournament they're probably done. But Ooh. I guess if you win out, you get to the ACC final and lose a close game to UNC or Duke, maybe. But I I don't know about that. They do have to win at, at Duke, which is as good of a win as anyone has in the country this year. Yes, it is. But I mean, it, their two games on the road, their last two games were uh, pretty ugly to put it. <laughs> To put it lightly, they shot 29% from the field at Wake Forest and 33% at Clemson. So I do think this will be a really good uh, bounce back spot for them going on the road, playing better. They are 3-1-1 one, and one ATS in their last five, even with their shooting numbers down that low. So I like Pittsburgh in this one as well. I wouldn't mind laying the one here. Duke will play Virginia. How about that one? Nine and a half in this game right now. I cannot do a thing with this one. <laughs> And it's also just, again, this is a testament to how bad Virginia's offense is and the style they play. A Duke game at 124 yes. and a half. Now, the question here, Alex, is what, Virginia just had a game that had 140 in it. So I don't know if they're capable of scoring, that, scoring enough to get there. But this Duke offense playing a game in the, in the, one, in the mid-120s at home feels... I, I would lean to the over here as much as that. If this game was in Charlottesville, like that UNC game was last week, I wouldn't touch it. But because this game's a Cameron Indoor, this would be a lean to the over at that ridiculously no, no, low number because of what UVA is. I agree, and it's been bet down now. So early number, I was looking more towards the under, but now that it's come down that far, I think you can definitely make a case for the over. I mean, Duke's been playing very good, especially defensively, and that has led them to their 8-2 and two to the under in their last 10 games. But now, back at home, taking on Virginia, I think they could put up quite a bit of points here. Let's go to a team I bet on a lot earlier in the year and have really stayed away from recently, and that's Santa Clara. See, Sean knew it before I even, uh, before I even said anything. Santa Clara taking on the Dons of San Francisco. Boy, San Francisco, I... Fans of that program should be mad at their administration for taking that game off of campus against Gonzaga earlier in the week and putting it at the Chase Center because that game wasn't even competitive. Gonzaga clearly the right side all the way through, and I think it played that way because that game wasn't on campus. Santa Clara at home, they've dealt with injuries. They have not been as good since that upset of Gonzaga. They're two and a half at home today, but you and I are both on the Broncos here. I'll take the money line. I like them outright to pull the upset and beat the Dons here tonight in that Bay Area clash. Very good. I didn't realize, yes, I like Santa Clara too. I didn't think you were betting them with your whole starting saying you used to bet on them, but huh. that's me, you, and Sean, so hopefully that's not, a, that's not bad. But S San Francisco, so two tough losses, right? They lost to St. Mary's and then Gonzaga, and their defense has really just been slipping as of late. It's March. Teams are getting tired. Um, but the last five teams have shot an average of 49% against them, averaged 71 points a game. Of course, I just mentioned two of the top teams in their conference in those five games. But I just think Santa Clara is the better team. They're shooting 47% in home games. So I'll take the two and a half. 
little money line too. So, so, did, so Santa Clara, of course, coming off a ridiculously bad loss to Portland earlier in the week in overtime. Dons are undefeated against non-Gonzaga and St. Mary's teams in conference play. But I, we, I think we're both in agreement, though, that that goes down today. Seating basically locked in for the WCC. Uh, St. Mary's clinched the one with their yeah. win earlier in the week. They'll play Gonzaga. We'll get to that game a little bit later. Uh, Gonzaga's locked to the two. San Francisco's locked to the three. And Santa Clara's locked for the four. So all those teams are pretty much locked in. Of course, as we know, WCC has the weird format where the one and the two seed get a bye to the semifinals here in Las Vegas. Uh, so Santa Clara could be lined up with, with St. Mary's. Right. Assuming that Santa Clara were to beat the winner of San Diego and Loyola Marymount. And uh, San, Francisco San Francisco would be lined up with Gonzaga. So that would be the better game, that later game, the Gonzaga-San Francisco game uh, here in Vegas. Monday, Tuesday for those semifinals and finals uh, here in the yes. WCC, as always. All right, let's go to the Ivy League. Boy, Cornell, what an escape job yesterday in Philadelphia. Down double digits in the first half. They come back and beat Penn. Now they go to Princeton. This is the main event. Three-way tie for first place in the Ivy entering today between these two teams and Yale. Yale, real quick, is a 10.5-point favorite against Harvard later tonight. Harvard losing in overtime to Brown, so Brown... Now in firm command of the four seed to get to the Ivy Tournament. Princeton last night, methodical. Got it done. One by 14, right on the number. Shocking development there. Five in this one against Cornell with Princeton laying it at home. Total 156. I like two things in this game, okay, actually. I'm going to leave this to you. I didn't have them on my list because these numbers came early, right. early this morning. I like the home team. Lane the five. Okay. Cornell throttled Princeton and Ithaca in their annual throttling of Princeton at home. <laughs> For whatever reason, Cornell owns them in I central New York. I had them there. Yeah. yeah. Had, Cornell won the game easily. But I like Princeton in the bounce back and the revenge spot. And I like this game over because these offenses are both awesome. They are both great offenses. And neither of these teams are especially great on defense. So we like Princeton. I like Princeton in this game. I also like this game over at 156. I like it. I'm with you, especially um, that over because both of them top 50 offense and both of them out of the top 150 defensively. So very good. Why well, leave the Ivy League to to you to give us our picks? Well, again, we have to we have to talk about it a lot on Friday because yes. there's not a lot of games going on on the Fridays uh, on those free throw Fridays now. But anything yeah. good happening in the games going on right now in the games going on? Well, DePaul's losing by 11, so good for them. Uh, Florida and South Carolina is on an under pace right now. Florida's up five. Uh, and Villanova's tied at 14 with Providence early goings there. So those are your updates on the games, at least on the televisions in front of us. Uh, Florida Atlantic and Tulane tied at 15. And Georgia Tech up five on Florida State. All right. That's what we got right now. Uh, Kansas State going to play Cincinnati today. So... Cincinnati metrically grades out pretty well still. They're still a top 45 team in Ken Palm. I, they would need to win the conference tournament, which is not happening. There are just too many good teams yes. in front of them to get through it. K-State has – there are some people that think K-State is squarely on the bubble. I just don't think they're there yet. You just look at the amount of – they have three really good wins that are clear Q1s. They also – Villanova – could be close to a Q1, depending on where they end up in the net. But they, these last three games are brutal. On the road at Cincy, at the Fog, revenge spot for KU on senior Ooh. night, brutal spot. And then they play Iowa State yeah. 
in a Farmageddon on the ba- on the hardwood. He got a win today as a six point underdog. If you're K State, I I think that number may be a little aggressive, but I, I don't really want to take them, especially with what has happened these last two games at home and their home road splits, where they've been awesome at home and on the road. Their only conference road win is at West Virginia. It's tough because on the flip side, looking at motivation, like you're saying, with K State has to get this win. Cincinnati really needs this win as well at home. Next they. Go to Oklahoma. It's going to be a tough one for them. And then they host West Virginia. So they could win two more of these games, moving them to 7-11, and 11, which if K-State loses out, those two would be tied right there. I don't know. It's tough. It's really hard getting down to the end, looking for motivation. Who's more motivated? I think both of them would be very motivated in this one. Um, and I think the number's right at 6. Alex, anything on UCLA and Wazoo? Wazoo, uh, seven-point favorites. They bounce back with a win, but non-cover against USC earlier in the week. Uh, I, I just can't get there. Total's really low, 126 and a half. Uh, but I think that total's right with the way the UCLA wants to grind you out and play defense. And Washington State, too. Yeah, no, Washington State, defense. very, very large basketball team this year. Uh, finding the inefficiencies, Kyle Smith is, uh, with the way it is uh, right now in college hoops. All right, I want to hit one more. Uh, before we hit a break and bring in our guy, Sammy P. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on this game as well. Michigan State on the road in West Lafayette taking on Purdue. This was supposed to be the matchup of matchups in the Big Ten going into the year. Michigan State still clearly an NCAA tournament team, just not quite the team we expected them to be this year. Purdue well on their way to one of the top seeds in the NCAA yes. tournament for the second consecutive year. Alex, it's, uh, it's ten and a half now on this game. Ten and a half on Michigan State and Purdue with a total of 145. Do you want to take the points with Michigan State in this one or no? I don't. I made it 11, so I think that number is just right. Um, I also made the total 147, so I think uh, the total lands right there too, so I can't really do much in this one, Jeff. Yeah, this is a full-on, if anything, take the points with Michigan State, but massive home court in West Lafayette. And, you know, based off these numbers, again, Purdue's been big favorites at home against against reasonable conference opponents. I mean, there were 17 against Minnesota. Minnesota covered that one. They were huge favorites against Rutgers last week. Purdue covered that one with ease. Michigan State's in a different tier than those teams, and they're still yeah. double. It just shows how strong Purdue is in these power ratings and the fact that I don't really have much of an issue with this number kind of just shows the thoughts on both of these teams. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're checking with our friend Sam Panionovich. When we get back, Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. 
Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gow Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio, the site. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. And now joining us, you find him on Chicken Dinner Podcast. You find him on Nesson. And you find him right in the middle of your screen right now, Sam Panianovich, with us right now. Good morning. Good Well, I guess technically good afternoon in Boston, right, Sam? I have no idea what time. Okay, fair. <laughs> you know, it's you it's know. it's Saturday. It's 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 uh, it's respectable. So well, it was a long night. Your guy Spanky was rolling dice at the encore. So oh, it was just wow. one of those nights. And I I don't I don't know what happened, but it, it's all good. I also I haven't talked to you two since the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to let you know and confirm that I ran around my house like a maniac because my biggest position was use check over two and a half yards. How about the second play of the game? He gets an 18-yard catch. I was doing laps around my house because that's what it's all about, right? Alex, you want to say it, or, or can I gloat also? Go, please. Okay, I was one of the one of the few one of the some that had use check to have the first reception for the Niners at 25 to one. So I was doing the same thing as you <laughs> after that. Whereas, like, all right, well, we're, we have a 25 to one in the can on the first second play of the game. It's going to be a great day. It ended up being a fantastic day. Uh, Chief Futures getting home as well uh, on that game. So you and I were doing the same laps. Uh, two plays in, always fun. Isn't betting the isn't you betting saw the, the play best? Develop too. Like you saw the like you saw him leak out, and you're like, throw it to him, <laughs> and then. The rest is history. No, I exactly. It was like the, it was the perfect play call. It's like, oh, he's wide open. Just make the pass, and there we go. It's perfect. All right, let's uh, let's get to some hoops here, real quick, Sam, because uh, one of your games is starting at the top of the hour, and we we talked about it earlier, uh, and that's Wisconsin taking on Illinois. Uh, the Badgers have not been the same team over the last six weeks that they were beforehand. Illinois. Uh, amazing offense, terrible defense. Uh, the line right now on this one three with the Badgers laying it at home? I don't like to use the term must win. I think that's overblown. And Chris Andrews once said one time that if you must win, you must not be that good. And mm -hmm. I think there is some truth to that. However, when I saw this open, I was thinking, you know, Illinois is going to open one and I'm going to take one with Wisconsin. Like I actually made the game like Wisconsin four. So I'm on the high side. I was thinking they were going to open Illinois very short, small chalk. And then when they hung a two, and a two and a half, I said, all right, this is the side. They have been a little down. But that also, I mean, look, everybody knows it. So nobody really wants to bet them. 
Yet when you see, you know, a top 10 team in the country going on the road and the market opens two and now it's three, clearly the respect from the bookmakers on the open is on Wisconsin and then the betters knock it to three. This is a great spot for Wisconsin. And I also look at the total, Jeff and Alex, open 154 and a half. It's down to 151 and a half at one book. And that is not good for Illinois because Illinois, to your point, wants to get up and down the court. The move to Wisconsin is great for me, but the move under plays into the pace that Wisconsin wants to play at, like the first to 60, first to 65. I think they can really slow Terrence Shannon. Look, Illinois is a good team. They can make the Elite Eight, but I don't like this spot for the Illini on the road. Let's go to the Pac-12 here, Sam. So Arizona wins two in a row after they lose their second to Washington State, but looked really good against Arizona State. Now they are hosting Oregon Lane about 12. Oh, maybe it's up to 14. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I laid 13 and a half. South Point, to your point, has a 14. Now, I know this is not a football game. This is a <laughs> basketball game. Right? It's a big number uh, for teams to lay in college basketball. But I, I think the line is where it is for a reason. I mean, Illinois is a team that's going to have trouble scoring against Wisconsin. Oregon is going to struggle to stop Arizona. Um, you know, total almost 160. Arizona is loaded with talent, and that team at home is a different monster. I love their home court edge. Their length and size, they just alter your shots. And Oregon is a team that really needs to make a lot of tough shots uh, to win basketball games. They, they shoot a lot of threes. They shoot a lot of contested shots. And, and when you get on the road against an Arizona team that likes to run you off the line, those missed threes oftentimes turn into layups the other way. So yeah. Oregon bricks a three. Arizona gets a dunk. Like, I feel like the transition game for Arizona will be on a pedestal today. And I do think, even though it's a big number, and I think it's it's funny, people will look, a lot of casual betters will go, well, Oregon hasn't lost by 15 all that much. Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's Everything is different. This is an island event. Um, so, yeah, even at 14, I think you could lay it. This feels like a really, really popular dog that's going to get put down early. Let's uh, go to uh, the SoCon here. And we've... Uh managed to uh, end up on this team twice in one week, and that's Western Carolina on the road at Chattanooga, up to four. So we're even getting a better number than was available on the overnights on the Catamounts. So full disclosure, I did not handicap this one. I got this from a guy who's very, very sharp that told me to take uh, Carolina money line in the game. Okay. And he took plus 140, and I said, yeah, I'll just take the four. Um this is also the guy that gave me, I believe, did we take UNC Asheville on this show one night? Yes. And they, they beat High Point, I think. When we get into that level, like you got to have a guy who knows that stuff because I don't really follow it all that much. I just know that this guy will shoot me these mid-major and these low-conference dogs all the time, and, and he's very good at what he does. He thinks that West Carolina uh, is going to win the game outright. So when I saw Chattanooga, you know, three and a half, four, I said, oh, I'll just take the four. That way, if they lose by two or lose by three, I won't hate them. So that's just it. It's a tip from a buddy who's very good at this. I wish I had more, but that's the truth. Well, hey, look, hey, look, uh, honesty is important, Sam. So uh, that that's a, a good way to go with it. Uh, let's. We haven't talked about this game yet. No, it's the no. big one tonight in the WCC. The Gales have already clinched the number one seed in in the West Coast Conference tournament here in Vegas. But they have a, a, a thing that has not happened very often, and that's an opportunity to sweep Gonzaga in the regular season here tonight at home. They already beat them in the kennel. Now get them in Moraga. 
They're a dollar forty-five behind us. There's still a dollar forty on the money line out there on the Gales tonight. Do you like them to complete the job and go sixteen and zero in conference play? Yeah, I actually went against Gonzaga the other night too, and I thought it was a pretty decent spot for San Francisco, who fought Gonzaga basically for twenty minutes. It was a one-point game at half, and then Gonzaga ripped off like a fifteen-nothing run in my eyeball mm-hmm. in the second half, and I thought, all right, well that that sucks, but it is what it is. They won't do that against St. Mary's. This is a top 10 defense in so many different areas. You know, Ken Palm has a number three in field goal defense, number one in offensive rebounds allowed, top 13 team in efficiency. Not that those numbers are the Bible, but, I mean, they they stop you and they take away the rim. And that's what they've always done at St. Mary's under Randy Bennett. They're very good at taking away those easy shots in the paint. And that's really what Gonzaga did to San Francisco. I just think from a matchup standpoint – Mary's obviously knows what Gonzaga wants to do, and EK is going to struggle. That's the big for Gonzaga. He just he went to town in the second half. The size and the discipline and the big fundamentals inside, it's going to make it tough for Gonzaga to get what they want near the rim, turn Gonzaga into a shooting team from deep. That's not their game this year, guys. They are you know 113th in the country from downtown. This is not a Gonzaga team that's loaded with NBA talent and high-octane shooters. This is a good team. But it's not your older brothers, Gonzaga, if you know what I mean. Let me ask you this, Sam. So if St. Mary's wins today and these two meet in the WCC championship game here in Las Vegas, is that almost an autoplay on Gonzaga? I don't know about autoplay. It sounds like it's an autoplay for you, maybe, huh? (laughs) You think they can beat them three times in one year? And Gonzaga needs that at that point, right? I don't know. I know what you're doing, and I like it. Um, (laughs) I wonder what that number is. Like, it's got to be – I mean, if Mary's is two and a half at home, on a neutral, it's got to be – I mean, it's got to be a pick right? More or less in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, based off this, I think. based off this number, I wouldn't even be shocked if Gonzaga comes one. That's which I, I don't. Which I don't know if that's right, but based off this, yeah, I mean, I would be at the camp that I would probably stay off of that game personally. I, I just think, especially if St. Mary's wins this game tonight, I, I don't think it's a good matchup. Like Sam brought, yeah. brought up, I don't think it's a good matchup for the Zags. Even though, again, they're on, they're in a weird spot. They've never haven't been on a bubble in a long time. Under few, but if they lose in the WCC title game and lose this one, it could be a very sweaty six days in Spokane. It is difficult, though. I, I totally agree with Alex, though. It's very tough to back a team. I mean, these are coin flip games. Right. Let's be real. I like the edge at home, and that's why I played Mary's money line minus 140. But, you know, a two-and-a-half point home favorite in conference is basically a coin flip. You get the two-and-a-half for the, the home point or the home court edge. I, I don't think... Either of these teams, like if they played 100 times on a neutral, it's probably 50-50. You know, like it's, right. That's the truth. So I don't. I wouldn't feel great taking Mary's on a neutral. I think it, it'd be a great game to go to. Maybe yeah. we can go to the game. When is it? Uh, Tuesday, I think it is. I think it's a Tuesday. Oh, I won't make it. You won't be there in time. Uh, a lot of the Mount, we'll, we'll be at the Mountain West tournament a lot. Uh, uh, this uh, this crew in the studio here today will be there a lot over that week. Uh, Sam, let's... Uh, Let's shift over a little bit. Uh, we haven't mentioned, uh, well, we mentioned Kentucky earlier, so we'll mention them now again because, we, of course, the last time you were on with us, talking them up to win a national title, had that really brutal stretch defensively where they couldn't stop anything. And now here they are a few weeks later, few big wins, look like a national, ten- a national title contender yet again. Got to feel pretty good about things right now. Just keep talking about it. Keep speaking it into existence. Manifest it. 
I thought, look, I bet this team in November at 20 to 1 when it opened up because I had a guy in Lexington call me and say, this is the most talented team we've had since the 15 team. And that was the team with Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, the Harrison Twins. They went like 37 and 0 or something to start the season and then lost to Wisconsin in the final four. He said, this is as talented a team. And I said, okay, well, I'm good with that. And I will bet them at 20 to 1. The stretch you're talking about, they were banged up. Mm-hmm. Cal didn't have his rotations really down. They gave up you know, 94 at home to Florida. They gave up 103 at home to Tennessee. But they are so much better right now. He has found a way. And this is what guys like Cal have to do and guys like Bill Self have to do. They have to rein in that talent. Because this team, they have the most talent in the country. They're also the youngest team in the country. And as Cal always says, they're 18, they're 19, they're stupid. They do dumb things. <laughs> but if you look at the last five games, aside from maybe Houston, no team is playing better basketball right now. I mean, to beat Mississippi handily at home, to go to Auburn and win, to go to Mississippi State and win, that's a good team this year. And to drop 117 points in Alabama's gullet was maybe the most impressive win of the season. They have four first-rounders and three seven-footers. And if they're on, Alex and Jeff, if they're on on offense, if they're making their shots, nobody's beating them. They, they have three guys that shoot 45% from three. Talent alone should get them to the Final Four if they have the right matchups. And I don't know that you can bet this stuff in Vegas, but they're like 7-1 to one to make the Final Four. Um, one book in this country has 30-1 to one to win the national title. I don't know what South Point has, but if it's 20 or higher, I would still buy a little Kentucky stock if you haven't. Because this team, if you haven't watched them, they are loaded with NBA talent. Yeah, hey, look, Sam, I think it's really at this point to stay out of the region with UConn. I think that's really solely yeah. what it is because we've talked about it. UConn's run to the Final Four will go through Brooklyn, essential home games, and your neck of the woods in Boston, essential home games. So if you stay, if you're one of these, if you're holding a ticket on like a Kentucky or an Alabama or or someone in that pocket, twenty to fifteen to one, twenty five to one, if you just avoid the UConn region, I think you're pretty much live for anything at this point. And then once you get UConn on a true neutral in Phoenix, anything's in play. I'm hoping that Kentucky can beat Tennessee. That's a spot I've mm-hmm. circled since Tennessee came into Lexington and beat the Wildcats. They go there the last game of the regular season, and I, you know. I didn't make the number yet, but I, I would make Tennessee probably like seven and a half, eight, you know, at home against Kentucky. And I'll be looking at Kentucky money line in that in that spot. And if that's the case, if they do win, again, speaking into existence, if they beat Tennessee in Knoxville, they're a three seed. So mm-hmm. then in a perfect world, if they have to go to that East region with UConn, they're on the three line. And then I don't have to deal with UConn until the Elite Eight. That would be perfect. The worst thing. I think the worst possible thing for Kentucky is to get a four seed in that East and have to play UConn in the Sweet 16. That would I might actually cry if that happens. I'm not kidding. No, I look, I, we're, we're in agreement. We're, we're in 100% agreement on that. That is, uh, whoever gets, gets Connecticut in that round of 16, it's the worst possible spot because they'll be rested and it's a home game, like we said already on that. Before we let you go, Sam, I, I do want to ask you, I know you don't have an official play on this, but because you brought up Tennessee, the biggest game of the night is Alabama taking on those Vols uh, tonight. The market does like Bama up to four in this game now in Tuscaloosa. And as it is the case in all these Alabama games, the total just keeps getting driven up. And we're at 170 and a half now on this one. 
I had to laugh. I'm not going to name the book. I love when they post the lines the day before. Like I, I saw the first number on this game was Alabama minus one, and I thought that's that's a bad line. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it slowly got bet out to you know three, three and a half, four. I just I think you know this morning you could have laid three. I, I know that people don't think it's that important, you know, three to four, but I. I'm not laying four when I could have laid, I could, well, hell, I could have laid one yesterday and laid, you know, two overnight, three this morning. I just feel like that's a team that I'm not laying four with, and I'm not messing around with that total either. 170 and a half. Like, they could, you know what's crazy? Like, the final score could be 85 to 80, and that's still not good enough. Right. Like, that's, to me, that's insane. So, it's a total pass not to cop out on your show, but I... I don't have a single dollar on that game, and I'd like Tennessee to win. I really want Tennessee to be as fat as possible when uh, Kentucky <laughs> knocks them off in a couple uh, in a couple games. Very good. So I have to ask you, the next two weeks are going to be a lot of fun getting ready for conference tournaments. How do you go about betting these? Do you just kind of keep your same routine, stick with the grind, and just bet them day by day? Or are you looking at futures in conference tournaments? I, I rarely, Alex, will play conference future tournaments. I just, I think those are total crapshoots, to be completely honest with you. Um, I do, like, I've, for the last 10 years, I have played almost blind unders in the Missouri Valley tournament. And those okay. games are going to come like 130, 131, and the final scores are like 60 to 52. Like, it happens every single year. I love those unders in Missouri Valley play. And there is a team in the Big Ten right now that I'm I'm hoping can get a little hot. I, I did bet them it's probably going to lose, full disclosure, but I bet them at 125 to make the Final Four, 125 to 1. It's Ohio State. When they got rid of their coach, Chris Holtman, and elevated Diebler, they have been very, very good. I mean, they've beaten Purdue, Michigan State, and Nebraska in the last, what, two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. They're getting healthy. They clearly play for this new guy. There is a team that I think could maybe knock off a giant in the Big Ten tournament. If I get Ohio State to get like six points against Illinois or nine points against Purdue, I will be pouncing on Ohio State at the right numbers in that tournament because I think that team is completely different than the team we saw in December and January. And look, they have talent. Right. They were just they were not playing together because they did not like the old coach. He's gone. So I think Ohio State is a good team to to bet ATS in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. We talked about that actually in that Purdue game where thought it was a really good spot to take the points. Didn't expect them to win it outright, but uh, obviously covered that with ease. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You bring up those uh, those arch madness unders, Sam, and, and you're right. Those, those totals always come way too high. And I can't, uh, like, at least in those first two days there in St. Louis, they were always played in the mid-60s. And there never seems to be a high-scoring game in any of those. It doesn't matter who's playing. It doesn't matter that uh, that Indiana State has this great offense this year. They'll still probably play like a 69-60 game in that first game. Oh, you turn on, you like you flip it on at halftime, and the announcer goes, at the half, it's Bradley 20, Illinois State 18. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, yeah, I got under 130. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. just rooting for bricks and air balls the whole day. Yeah, no, it's it, 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 it's 100% right on that. But that that's a tournament that begins next week. So be on the lookout for that uh, if you're looking to bet some conference tournaments. He's Sam Panionovic, Sammy P, SP Shoot on the tweets. Of course, uh, you can get him on Chicken Dinner. You get him on Nesson as well. Sam, pleasure as always, man. Thank Thanks you, for getting up with us today.
Thanks for having me. I'll be there in two weeks, and uh, hot dogs are on me. Sounds okay? good. Hot dogs on me. Sounds good. We're, we're looking forward to it already. Sam Panianovich, everyone. Always love catching up with Sam. I'm going to take these uh, headphones off now. Uh, raise my internal temperature about a okay. degree. Uh, but uh, looking uh, at these remaining games uh, on the slate today here, Alex, uh, we last mentioned Michigan State and Purdue. So let's go to Tennessee and Alabama and our thoughts here. I can't do anything with the way the market's played it now. thought Alabama early was good. Now at four, I don't want to lay it with them. I'm kind of in the same boat as Sam. Don't trust them to cover a real number. 170 and a half on the total I think is actually right. But Sam brought it up like if we get like 88-80, you're not right. there. You need it to be at least one team getting to 90, 91 even uh, in order to get there. I don't know. It's Alabama unders, though. Really, you're not making any money betting those. No, and you know what? This uh, Bama, Tennessee, or Bama, Kentucky last week, that was the one over I decided to pass on, and that one flew over, and this is one uh, Bama, Tennessee today that I decided to pass on. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that's funny, too, that Sam said that minus one was a bad number because that was my initial number here but then I kind of factored in the revenge spot for Bama and then being at home making sure to have the correct home court advantage there so I think that number is right here at four with all of those factors being in but I mean that's how good Tennessee really is and has been um struggled a little bit on the road though just four and nine ATS so not jumping to take that um that four points either but should be a great game. I'm looking forward to this one. To the Big 12, Oklahoma welcomes in Houston. Cougars well on their way to the number one seed in the South region in the NCAA tournament, the number one seed in the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City in two weeks as well. Up to six and a half on this one, Alex. I don't like Oklahoma. I think I've said that a few times. I'm not a fan <laughs> of I don't think they're that good. I think they're average. I think they're an average basketball I team. I do too. Uh, with that said... This is a funky spot for Houston here. These next two games are funky spots for Houston. They kind of struggled. They didn't cover against Cincinnati earlier in the week after that wackadoo overtime win and cover against Baylor last weekend. They played two road games against Oklahoma and Central Florida before finishing the year at home against Kansas. It's a tough spot. I, I don't love the spot, but I can't quite get there. I wish I was getting a little bit more with OU here before uh, more than the six and a half, but in the end, we'll stay out of this one. I agree. If I was getting a little bit more here with Oklahoma at home, but I think the number's just right. I was also looking at the under, but I mean, this is kind of the opposite that we're talking about with Bama, right? We could easily have a 70-60 game or 75-60 game and this go over. So I'm staying away from that one as well, even though we know how good Houston's defense is, top defense in the country, and they do play slow, but I also know that they can score. So... No, nothing for me in this one. But you have one coming up that I'm looking forward to. You want to do it? <laughs> you sure? You want to bring it up? Ole Miss takes on Were Missouri. you pass this one? No, the number. Okay. Hey, the market agrees with me here. They yes, bet Mizzou they in this one. Uh, I do like the Tigers to get their first conference win of the year. I, I, Ole Miss a lead balloon right now. Yes. Where where things have just, they over, they, remember, the analytics did not like Ole Miss at all the whole year. And the analytics ended up being right on this team. They're pedestrian. They're a pedestrian basketball team. Uh, look, if they lose this game, they're done. They have to win the SEC tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament if they lose today or next week in Georgia, in all honesty, or even any of these games. They really have to win these last three after having an opportunity 
three quality opponents in a row. You get one of them, you're in pretty good shape. They got none of them against the uh, in the Egg Bowl on the hardwood against Mississippi State and the home games against South Carolina Bama. Lost them both. So I, I think this is Mizzou to finally bust through, gets their first conference win, and then will leave DePaul as the only winless Power 5 plus Big East because <laughs> DePaul is down by 18 at halftime to Butler. They are not going to make that one up, I can tell you that. Okay, well, I'm rooting for the Tigers here in this one. You're all right. I didn't realize Ole Miss just one and six in their last seven Not games. Good. So I knew the last three losses, but now, wow, it has been a really bad stretch here for the Rebels. All right, let's go to, uh, you know, I, I missed this one earlier. I got to bring it up. Let's go to New Mexico and Boise yes. uh, real quick in, in the Mountain West. Boise three and a half at home against New Mexico. I'm, I'm not going to touch this one. I thought that Boise probably should have come three. It came four. The market bet New Mexico here. I just don't trust New Mexico away from the pit. I don't want to say must win either like Sam was saying, but I feel like this is a must win for New Mexico. I would lean to them here with with the motivation in this one. Boise did win the first one, 86-78. So I'd lean to New Mexico. I just I don't know if they can get it done. I still am just baffled by this Broncos team. I'm not going to lie. I haven't really figured out if they are that good or if they are playing over their head, but seems to be the latter. They seem uh, to be the real deal. So I'll keep a close eye on this one. Yeah, I have real, no, really no sense on on Boise still. I All the projections have them safely in as a nine seed. Every time I watch them, I'm like, really? This this team safely I, in the NCAA tournament? I, I One four straight. They beat New Mexico already in the pit once this year. So I beat San Diego State. Like, they have the – they're going to get in. Like, they have – they've beaten all the good teams in the Mountain West – at least once. They're non-con and they have the win against St. Mary. So like they're they're right. in. They're gonna be in. It just As, every time I watch them, I'm like, really? I'm not that good. I agree. <laughs> but then on the flip side, New Mexico, you were brought them up earlier and I completely agree. I was looking at at them and their wins and they don't have a lot of great wins. They had they have them into the they tournament. have the win against San Diego State, which is important. And they beat Utah State, but they beat them at home. They beat Nevada on the road. Good win. That will count as a Q1. So only Mountain West teams, though. Right. Their their best out-of-conference win was UC Irvine. Yeah, so not great. No. Um, and look, that, that Air Force loss last week, if you're ever going to blow an NCAA tournament slot, it's losing a game like that at home to a team that is horrible like Air Force is uh, this year. All right. I know a little bit about that. TC. <laughs> hey, UNLV beat New Mexico twice. TCU and BYU real quick here. Uh BYU six and a half. I don't know what to make of TCU at this point. I, I think they're clearly talent-wise one of the four best teams, four or five best teams in the Big 12. Hasn't shown it at all in conference play. BYU, again, we've known my thoughts on them all year. I don't think they're quite as good as they've shown, but they're heading for a top six seed in the league. I'm going to take it with TCU, though. I'll take the points in this game. Obviously not an easy place to play. I don't think they get there outright, but I'm getting over. I'm getting three possessions now at six and a half. So we'll take TCU on this one. I think at six and a half, that is the correct correct side here. I made BYU just a five-point favorite okay. here at home. So, yeah, I like that. And I don't really know what to make of TCU yet either. And BYU, though, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But we do know that they are much better at home, the Cougars. St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Sam Panionovich on St. Mary's. And I agree with them 100%. The Gales are just better. And they don't, and Gonzaga does not match up well with this team. And the game's in Moraga. And again, this will be, Gonzaga has not, <laughs> we 
We're going back over a decade. We're going a decade now where Gonzaga has been swept in conference play. It's been a long time since that's happened in the regular season. I just think St. Mary's a lot better. I'm with Sam. I like him outright. I don't mind even laying a two and a half in this game. My number says St. Mary's. I have them as a four-point favorite here at home. But I now am aware that Joshua Jefferson is not coming back. He is out for the season. I'm curious if they had him. They did. They did have him in that first game against Gonzaga. So I'm curious to see how that goes today between these two. Uh, He was great in that Gonzaga game. Hasn't played the last four. Hasn't mattered. Uh, Other than that San Francisco game, the other three games, again, against bad teams, as as Jim Root uh, brought it up earlier, uh, when he was with us on Thursday, he was on St. Mary's laying a big number on the road against Pepperdine. Uh, they've beaten the three P's in that league, Pacific, Pepperdine, and Portland. Now by, uh, after that 26-point win, six games plus 227-point margin against those bad teams. The problem for them, they won't see any of those teams in the tournament here in Las Vegas. All right, before we go, let's end it with UNLV. 13 and a half at some shops, 14 behind us. Against San Jose State, Alex, you want to lay the points with the alma mater today or no? No, I wouldn't advise laying that many points with the Rebels here. I mean, they have to win. They have to keep winning outright. But, I mean, they play really slow. They slow it down. They're good playing at that tempo. So that also kind of allows teams to kind of hang in there. I think this number is just way too big. I made them a 12-point favorite at home. I think there's... Little bit of value, but I'm also not that confident in this uh, San Jose team who is now the worst in the Mountain West. So I didn't do anything in this game. Maybe you can uh, jump in. Nope. In game, but. Nope. Nope. Nothing. Nothing pre flop. In game, who knows? Maybe UNLV starts slow and you can go the other way. Right. But I don't, San Jose State. They. San Jose State, when they don't play San Diego State. Because they've covered both games against the Aztecs this year. Are those their only two games that they've covered against Mountain uh, West? They covered Air Force. Okay. Covered Air Force twice. Yeah. So it's Air Force, and they covered they covered at home against Wyoming, and that's it. That's right. They're five and eleven against the spread. That's it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mountain West. So not a good basketball team, not this year at least. So, all right. So right uh, good luck to the Tigers and the Rebels today, and everybody else that we bet on tomorrow. You're back tomorrow. I am. Matt Neverett's back tomorrow. Lufa Nakaro in studio as well, talking some hockey with you yes, tomorrow morning. looking forward to that. As well. So we'll have you that tomorrow at 8.30 here on Sports by the Book. I'll see you again on Tuesday. Yes. Alex and Matt Neverett will see you again tomorrow morning. 8.30, Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. See you then.